three, two, one. Today was a dang good day, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys. Well, like Pitbull says, every day above ground is a great day. But from a running perspective, things went pretty solid. If you're following at True Bros on the gram, you know I knocked out a silky smooth 8 mile run, and I know it should have been way more, but the past two days were pretty dang taxing from a digestive standpoint. Friday after work, we piled into the car and took ourselves a little road trip to Houston, Texas for the Gymshark Lift Houston event, and it was pretty neat. Uh, I hadn't really been to a fitness pop-up or or mini expo, or I don't even know what you call it, but to me it was just like a shopping pop-up. They had some panels and meet and greets, and man, the wife was ecstatic. She got to meet the KK twins. She was always following them on Instagram and talking about them. Uh, They also had a whole lot of shopping, of of course, right? It was a shopping pop-up, right? Gymshark's a brand, clothing brand after all. Uh, And while that was all well and good, that meant my dinner on Friday and my lunch on Saturday, yeah, Friday night, Saturday afternoon, came from the greatest gas station in these here United States, Bucky's. While the meal was oh so tasty, it was also pretty heavy. So when I was out pounding the pavement today, I just felt so full, it was like I could never get into a solid groove. Next week, it'll be full throttle. But it just goes to show that as you get a little older, You can't just eat whatever you want for days straight and then expect to be able to get into a solid, long-distance running groove. Anyways, welcome back to the Anyone Can Run podcast. The podcast for those brand new to running who want to make sure they begin their journey on the road to Gainesville on the right foot. I am your host, True Bros, a.k.a. Gabe, a.k.a. the most aggressive Minecraft player on planet Earth. Nobody has more aggressive mining tactics than me, and I'm an NCCA certified personal trainer who specializes in playing games, making gains, and helping clients reach their health and fitness goals. This is the podcast where we cover nutrition, training, running gear, everything you need to know about what it takes to complete your first race, whether it's a 5K, full marathon, or anything in between. So today, as I was out pounding the pavement, and even though my stomach felt pretty heavy and, like I said, I wasn't feeling, you know, at the top of my game, I got to thinking that the great thing about working out or exercising is the release of endorphins associated with it, or so I've read in the litany of literature. Another thing I've read, and especially, man, when I was at the Lift Houston event, I was seeing everybody on their phones, everybody talking about uh, inspirational posts that they read on Pinterest or Instagram or whatever, where people post photos of generic tree-lined running paths with a caption or a text overlay that says something to the effect of, running is my therapy. Both of these random examples illustrate the power of running to reduce stress. But what about when you're actually out pounding the pavement, like I was today and my stomach was feeling pretty heavy? How do you reduce mental and physical stress when you're physically out logging miles? As I was thinking about all that today, It got to me, and I thought, today, we're going to dive deep into reducing stress, both in our everyday life and while running, including ways 
Running can help us both mentally and physically, and how we can reduce stress during our extended running sessions. Now, I don't know about you, and this is a generalization on my part, or my point, but I think that first off, right, when we're talking about stress, man, we've all got stress. We all have jobs, or go to school, have professional and social responsibilities and commitments we need to fulfill, and sometimes we get stressed out. My personal philosophy, and one you'll hear me espouse whenever I'm putting on the greatest show on Mixer, is you've got to maintain a positive outlook on things. If you ever ask how I'm doing, or how work is going, or whatever, you're only going to get one answer every single time, and that's better and better. It doesn't matter if I'm sick, it doesn't matter if the day is especially stressful at work, the answer is always better and better. I try to maintain that positive outlook. And whenever I'm entertaining the young gamers on Mixer, I try to build a place where negativity is not welcome. Because there's so much negativity and stress out there, I figure might as well create a place for a few hours that's stress-free. However, life can be stressful, you know? I mention my personal philosophy, not because I think it's so efficient or anything like that, because it's just a mindset. Nah, 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 nah. I tell you, because even though I think I'm pretty solid at reducing external stress, when it comes to my own stress, well, it comes from random places, man. It doesn't come from work or having to deal with people, because for me, work is just work, right? It has its ups and its downs, and even if I'm not overly fond of needing to interact with other people or with clients or whatever, it's what I'm paid to do, so I can't complain. Work Especially when you're in an office environment, I feel like a lot of that stress is you allow it to happen to yourself or you enable it to happen to yourself. So I never allow that to happen to me, at least when I'm in an office, you know. And as far as social stuff, it's something I tend to insulate myself from since the wife and I are pretty much hermits and would rather keep to ourselves than go out. So I don't really give that sort of thing too much thought. Like you're always hearing me post about or or hearing me talk about here my hero academia right it's this anime show that i've been obsessed with we already watched the full series twice man in like five months four months it's a like the past four months we've already watched it twice it's like why am i gonna go out and spend money and go eat food that i didn't prepare myself so it's not super healthy right why am i gonna go out when i could just stay home and watch tv but that's just me so anyways that's a roundabout way of saying that i always kind of insulate myself from social stress. So that's not something that really gets to me. But I've known for years, the real source of my stress is all self-induced. This is why in previous episodes, we've discussed at length how motivation and drive are good, but can be a bit of a double-edged sword. It's all about instilling self-discipline, but when you're taking your motivation and all that too dang far, It's possible to go off the deep end like I know I've done sporadically over the years. To give a little bit of context, I'm liable to feel like something isn't quite right or my performance isn't quite up to snuff. And this is a feeling I get frequently, man. I'm more likely to get stressed out from troubleshooting a PC component issue for like, I don't know, 15 minutes because I think I should have figured it out the root cause quickly than getting frustrated because work was like a super stressful day or it was extra difficult or whatever. 
when I was having video card issues. I think it was like three weeks ago. Uh, my PC would kind of randomly shut off, right? It happened when we had the mixed gym open, we were streaming, it was real frustrating. And I just only took like five minutes to actually troubleshoot it. And the fact that I couldn't figure it out, oh man, I could feel myself getting hot and frustrated and mad about it, you know? And then I actually took 20 minutes to like, okay, let me look at the drivers. Let me look at this. And everything was fine. But that's a perfect example of what I mean. That's why I say that. It just kind of popped in my head that that's the kind of thing that, I will get stressed out about that. I'll stress myself out about, I think is a more appropriate way to phrase it. But knowing that it's self-induced, I can confidently say that that's where pretty much all of my quote unquote external stress is derived from. And now it's question time for you, the listener, as you're driving to work or you're sitting in the office or you're out pounding the pavement. Do you know where your stress is sourced from? It's probably a combination of both self-induced, like I do, and various external stimuli. It's important to identify where your source is stressed from when it comes to our everyday life, so we can do our best to minimize whatever those stressors are. For many of my clients and people I work with, it's work-related stuff. It makes sense. I mean, it's where we spend most of our time. It's where our livelihoods are tied up in. You know, all that. Take a moment and think about the things that truly cause you to get frustrated, which really just leads to a negative change in your disposition and an increase in your blood pressure. That's how I always think about frustration. That's all it is, is it puts me in a bad mood, makes everybody around me think I'm a grumpy Gus, and it just raises my blood pressure. So I want you to think about all of these things, getting invited to meetings where you're just sitting, not contributing and hearing people you don't really like talk drone on for hours you know having a client or customer get upset on a phone call where a few minutes later they're out of your life all of these things are pains in the ass for sure but they're temporary and i apologize for the mild profanity right there this is stuff that gets to you if you allow it so we can't let that occur we've talked about the significance of protecting our mental state in previous episodes And as an athlete, that's a very easy thing to overlook. Your mental health and well-being is something that can't be trivialized. And something I do all the time is I'll have some dairy-free yogurt and maybe a bit of granola for breakfast. For the work lunch, I'll pack a salad with a tablespoon or two of dressing if I'm feeling froggy, some shredded chicken or pork or whatever, some dried vegetables to substitute for croutons. I'll have a couple coffees with some almond milk throughout the day. And then when I'm packing up to go home, I'll shake shake up a mixer of G Fuel to have some extra caffeine because I sit in traffic for about an hour when heading home. We talked about that last week. And I need to make sure I stay awake behind the wheel. But when I get home, it's a bit of a toss-up. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I normally do a quick bodyweight circuit Uh, maybe I'll lift some kettlebells and I eat a quick meal before opening the mixed gym. I haven't really been doing that too much over the past few weeks due to the shoulder strain. It's kind of getting on my nerves, but I'm actually going to incorporate resistance training. I think, uh, in the small gym we have at the office, I'll start using some, do some real light cable exercises. Cause man, I just miss resistance training so much. I know it seems like I'm getting on a tangent, but trust me here, right? We're talking about reducing mental stress. And I think going through a weekly schedule kind of helps you visualize kind of what you're doing 
every day, where you're spending most of your time, and kind of what you're allowing to get to you, if there's anything, right? So on Tuesdays and Thursdays, right? Because we just, right? Monday? Yeah, yeah. Anyways, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I normally go for a long run with my spouse, or I'll go on my own, kind of recently. Uh, and then we make dinner and we play games or we watch TV or whatever. Being in an office all day isn't tons of fun, but it prevents me from gorging myself, especially as someone who knows that one, I have a tendency to stress eat, and two, if I have something in the house, odds are I'm going to consume it. And I'm not just going to have one or two, right? Give me that package of Oreos. I'm not going to have one or two. Nah, 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 I'm going to eat the whole thing. This is part of the reason why I love working out at the end of the day. It's my opportunity to release some of the stress and or aggression I've built up, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. It gives me something to look forward to. So if I had a long day, I never have bad days. You know, I think the power of diction should never be trivialized. So it's important to say you never have a bad day, right? You always have a long day, at least. Again, that's my philosophy, but... It gives me something to do before I go and binge on a bunch of unhealthy food. I, I'm one of those people that I've always got to do something. When I'm on lunch in the office, I've got to go run an errand or go out to eat or go wash my car or go for a walk. And that's kind of why during lunch over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to try to get in that real light cable resistance workout just to kind of scratch that itch. You know, one, I want to get back into resistance training and two, because I've got to do something and I figure, well, if you've got something to do, ain't nothing better to do than work out. Right. But I've just, I've got to do something. Same thing for when I'm at home. So if I'm working out at the end of the day, that helps me keep the desire to do something sated, helps me watch what I eat and it helps me get a workout in. That's a win on all fronts, no matter how you look at it. We've got to protect our mental states and reduce stress. Because if you get too stressed out, it's possible you'll be overworked physically and emotionally, not to mention jeopardize your mental state, right? Your mental health. And then on top of all that, you're not getting your workouts in. We discussed earlier how it's important to identify your stressors. And again, it's important to realize if something is self-induced or if you're enabling something to stress you out, which I know is sort of the same thing, but, you know, tomato, tomato, right? Once that's done, we can take some potential methods for minimizing stress, such as changing up our day-to-day -day when we're able to do things, which are more conducive to our personality. You know, something I love to do every hour when I'm in the office, I go for a short walk. We're talking... Three minutes, five minutes, maybe 10 or 15 if I can squeeze the time out. I do this because it affords me a mental reprieve from work, which keeps me fresh mentally and in, it keeps me in the frame of mind I need to be in to be successful. If I'm head down for hours on end, I feel like not only do I get fatigued faster, but my work quality and my attitude, especially my attitude, because that's visible to other people, but... You know, by extension, I mean my mental state, right? Not just the attitude, but they all suffer. Sometimes you get too deep in the forest, you can't see the trees or whatever, right? I think that's such a funny saying, but it can be very apt. And especially when we're talking about our mental states. I, for one, need that mental break. And preferably, I'm doing something physical, like going for a quick walk, because it helps break up the monotony of 
primarily using your brain all day thinking about what you're going to look into, how you're going to phrase something, you know, whatever. When I was working at home full time, it was kind of weird because I could work out whenever I wanted, which was legit and it was awesome. But then I noticed to break up the monotony of sitting in front of the computer all day, occasionally, you know, every now and then, I'd find myself reaching for some type of food or drink, and that's a bad, bad habit to get into. You never want to reach for food as a way to relieve stress or alleviate boredom, and I'll admit, that's something I've done regularly over the years. If it's you just pounding water, then hey, that's probably not too shabby. And that's something I've begun to do now that I'm back working in an office setting. The reason I bring this up is because if you see yourself doing some of the things I've been prone to over the years, you might want to stop and think about what you're getting yourself into. Are you stressed out? And if so, what's the root cause of it? Are you simply bored? In which case, grab some water or go for a walk. Sometimes we have to work backwards. And if that's realizing the habits we formed while they're in action, that can allow us to go back and see why we're doing that. Another thing I'm doing practically all day is listening to music with my large comfy V-Moda headphones I've had for like eight years or something like that. They're old and the padding is shredded. The top part identifying the brand has all but peeled off, but man, they're comfortable. The sound quality is amazing, and the sound blocking is awesome, especially for a pair of headphones which doesn't have any sort of noise-canceling technology built in. I realize not everyone is so fortunate as to be able to listen to music all day while they work, or, you know, attend classes or whatever, but I certainly take advantage of that flexibility. I'm typically listening to instrumental music, and it helps me zone out and focus on what I'm actually doing, And as opposed to getting pulled into the sights and sounds of an open office concept, you know? Everybody wants to say hello, or you hear a lot of side conversations when you're in that office environment, and I need to block that out so I can actually focus on what I'm doing. You give me some carpenter brood or... I think it's uh, poly, polyphia. I think that's how you say it. It's like poly, P-H-I-A, or uh, Pliny, I think, or Snail's House or whatever. And I'm zoning out. I'm feeling relaxed and I'm getting work done. Plus, if you think about it, rocking big, bulky, over-the-ear headphones is the universal sign for leave me alone. So most people get the hint. And they don't come up to me and make small talk, which does wonders for someone who always wants to keep to themselves. When you know you're an introvert, to me, nothing is more physically and mentally taxing than social interaction. Anytime, as I'm in the office and I've been there three or four hours, right? Anytime I start to find myself thinking, oh, you know, maybe I'm hungry and I need a protein bar or whatever. Or anytime I find myself thinking, oh, I should go out to lunch today. Even if I've brought something already, I always need to take a breath, stop, and truly think. And then I start going through and asking myself a series of questions in my head. You know, have I already eaten in the past few hours? If so, it may be time to go fill up the old water bottle or grab a sparkling water. Do I find myself straying from my work? You know, as I'm sitting in front of the computer and instead of working, I'm opening up GameInformer.com or PoundingTheRock.com? If the answer is yes... 
it may be time for me to go for a quick walk to take a mental break. If I know I'm going to have to sit through a meeting and it's going to be long and it's going to be boring because, I mean, it doesn't matter even if you like the people you're having a meeting with, meetings are boring. If I know I'm going to have to do that, I do my best to take a breath, compose myself and remind myself either mentally or verbally, if need be, the only person getting upset about this is me. The only person whose blood pressure I'm raising is mine. And eventually, that feeling will pass and it'll end and it's really not a big deal, right? When I was younger, it used to be a lot worse. I used to feel myself get like physically frustrated when I knew that I was going to have to go to a meeting or something silly like that. And it's part of why I'm so laid back now. Speaking of my cool as a cucumber disposition, I'm very big on the divide between work and home life. Because for many people, those lines tend to skew. And while that's not inherently a bad thing, taking your work home with you can be a bad thing for certain people such as myself. I know that I need those sharp lines because I'm all about boundaries and organization. Even when I was working in my bedroom, when I'd get up from my PC, I'd shut down and try not to go back unless I absolutely had to for whatever reason. That delineation between work and home does wonders for my mental state. Because even if everything is going smooth and I don't have to report to anyone and my plate's not full and I'm knocking out on my work, you know, I'm rocking and rolling, I'll still have trouble falling asleep dang near every single night because I'm either thinking about what I need to do, what I've done, or what creative endeavors I can begin working on. I know that I mentally bring home stuff no matter what. So I need those physical and mental dividers to help try and head some of that off. That's what I mean when I say a lot of my stress is self-induced. Even if, if everything in the office is just going peachy king, man, I still might wake up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom and then have trouble falling back asleep because I'm thinking about an email I need to send or a meeting I need to schedule, right? None of it's even a big deal, but I know that I do that to myself. So while being physically in the office and actually working isn't a big stressor for me because it's not, I get zero stress from that. I know work is a big source of self-induced stress because that's just how I am. So I take all the steps I can to minimize that. When I'm in the office, I'm listening to music and taking walk breaks like we just discussed. And when I'm at home, it's putting my work bag in my closet so I don't see it and end up thinking about the random stuff I either need to get done or think I need to get done that's even tangentially related to work. I'm actually looking down at my work bag right now and I got to thinking, I know it seems like we've gone off on a huge tangent talking about stress, which isn't related to running, but living a healthy and fit lifestyle is about both your physical and mental well-being. That's why my work bag is a Twitch bag, right? I know I'm the face of Mixer and I'm not on Twitch anymore, but I don't have a Mixer backpack, right? They need to send me one. So like everybody go tell Mixer on Twitter to send me a backpack so I can use that for my work bag. But I do something like that and I know it's little, but to me it's like, oh, at least I'm seeing something fun when I grab my work bag, you know? I don't know. I don't know. But think about it. And now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> but let's say you wake up in a bad mood. You sit in traffic getting to work, so you're annoyed, right? You're doing a bunch of tedious work, and you let it get to you all day, just like I used to do, right? You heard me. We just talked about that. When I was younger, I used to let everything get to me. And you have a real greasy lunch because it's easy. 
You leave work all stressed out and pissed off, and then you sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic for an hour, and then you finally get home. The last thing you'll probably want to do is go out and pound the pavement. And even if you do, you may not be feeling great because you had a heavy lunch and you're in a real bad mental place. Now it's possible if running is your therapy or whatever it is, like it is for me. Afterwards, after you go running, you're in a much better mental place. And that's the goal. I've always found that my best thinking gets done when I'm out racking up the miles. It's my time to deal with my aggression and express my emotions in a physical way. Like, running is true bro's time, if you ask me. And that's why I prefer to do it on my own. When I go run with another person like my wife or or a client, I find myself getting into a real negative headspace. Because like I've said in multiple episodes, I'm a very aggressive person. Not socially or to work with or anything like that, right? I have no anger, but I'm very aggressive. When it comes to my running... I like to constantly push, and if I'm running with someone else, if I don't feel as if they're exerting a similar effort or aren't sticking to the plan like I do, I get all moody. It's important to be cognizant of your shortcomings and your sources of frustration. Because even if I haven't changed it up yet, right, even if I'm not at the point where I want to be where that isn't happening, at the very least, when I feel those feelings kind of bubbling up in my gut, I can head them off. We're all just works in progress, you know? Anyways, the reason I bring this up, because even if you're like me, you go for a run and you're focusing on your actual run, which helps you relax and clear your head, you're still living with that frustration and possibly anger, and you're kind of just working around it. Now, I ain't going to tell you how to live your life. No, 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 no. I'm here to tell you how to get the job done so you can cross the finish line of your first race in the upright position. But I will say, through life experience and all that, I've learned the following over the years. Your word choice, aka your diction, is of the utmost importance, especially when it comes to your own thoughts. And I don't want to stray too far off topic, but to me, living healthy and fit is all about the whole picture. You as a complete human being, not just about the work you do when you're out on the track or on the road logging miles. I don't know, that's just kind of how I think about things, but I feel like we've spent a decent chunk of change discussing how we can identify the source of our mental and physical stress as it pertains to our everyday life. Obviously, we focus on the mental, but think about it. If something is causing you physical stress in your everyday life, it's probably stemming from some type of self-induced stress or something in your mental mind, you know? Just devote a little thought to it, like I have here, and see if you can get to the source of it, not just that gut-level reaction where you're reacting negatively to something. Now, when you're out pounding the pavement, odds are you're doing just fine. You're getting healthy and strong and traversing the road to Gainesville, so you should be wholly focused on that. You should be listening to your body, thinking about how you feel. Maybe you're listening to music, thinking about the weather, thinking about what you want to write or what you want to create, whatever. While running is my time to think about absolutely nothing, save for my fitness goals and maybe some new content ideas, in the beginning, you should be thinking about how you're doing in that moment. We've reiterated this on 
practically every episode prior to date. So I apologize for sounding like a broken record. And man, that's such an old saying. Like kids these days that play Fortnite, they probably don't even know what a record is. But anyways, that's beyond the point. So we've, re- we've talked about this on every single episode to date. But the most important thing a new runner can do is learn to listen to their body. That's what you should be focusing on when you're out pounding the pavement. And if you're truly thinking about what you're doing while you're running, I'd reckon the stress of everyday life gets reduced as a result. It's hard to think about work or social responsibilities or whatever you're, or whatever, when you're focusing on each step you take and how you're physically feeling. Although you could certainly force yourself to think of the same things which are constantly on your mind, but what's the fun in that? You've got to allow yourself To be able to let go. And as a functioning adult in 2019, I know that isn't the easiest thing in the world to do. However, the same way I'm cognizant, much of my stress is self-induced, it's important for you to realize not only the source of your stress, but if you're playing yourself and if you're causing yourself to be more stressed out than you should be or need to be or whatever. None of us need to be stressed, but you know what I mean. The way I think about it. If you're actively cooking or running or doing something that isn't something you do all the time, it deserves your attention. Muscle memory and being able to operate on autopilot. All of that takes significant time and experience to develop, especially as new runners. When you're going out and pounding the pavement, you should be focusing on what you're actually doing when you're running. Are you listening to an interval timer? Are you listening to music to help clear your head? Are you aware of how your ankles, your knees, your quads, your glutes, your shins, how they're all feeling while you're running? Is your head up so you aren't hunched forward? Yes, I'm talking to my wife. She has a tendency to do that. Are you watching the ground in front of you so you don't stumble and fall because I am 24-7 because the last thing I want to do is fall? Are you landing on the middle of your foot or the middle of your arch and not slamming down on your heel? Like I've had some clients do. How do your clothes feel when you're on an extended run? Are they too cold? Are they heavy? Are they sweaty? Are they cool? These are all things to be cognizant of while you're running. So think about each of the aforementioned when you're running. Now, what's going on in the office or whatever? You know, as I just said that, obviously, you don't want to think about each of those in order, right? That's a recipe for disaster. And it's likely to cause you even more undue stress. No, 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 no. You want to give each of these things consideration as they crop up. I'd reckon when you begin running, you're thinking about not going too fast. You're making sure your headphones are pulling in the right playlist. You're making sure you're feeling comfortable. You know, all that. And as the miles increase, though, you might start thinking about how one muscle is tight and maybe you just need to run a little more or you may consider how the new running shirt you've got is much too heavy for the climate you typically pound the pavement in. One of the hardest things I've had to learn to do is to let go and allow myself to actually be in a moment. You know, it's easy when I'm traveling and walking with the wife because that's out of the ordinary. However, when you're doing something you do frequently, such as cooking or even going for a run, those are times which are valuable, or invaluable, I guess, to mental health. Being able to mentally disconnect or have a break where I'm thinking about 
what I'm doing and not what needs to be done or what I've been working on helps me stay sane. And I'll admit, I've been running pretty regularly for the past few years now, so I'm thinking about creative or, or fun stuff when I'm out logging miles. But that's my me time, right? That's true bro's time to think about the things that I want to think about. That whole running is my therapy gimmick, it makes sense when you're framing it like that, right? If you use that time to mentally and physically get away from whatever it is you're working on, then your stress is being reduced significantly just by virtue of being in the moment. I know it isn't easy to let things go and allow yourself to actually do that, but I'm just going to throw this next bit out there in my opinion, as just some dude who's, you know, the face of Mixer and the best gamer of all time, if learning how to listen to your body is the most important skill a new runner can develop, learning how to clear your head is the most important thing a well-adjusted human being can do. And it proves pretty dang beneficial when you're running as well. So let's say you've mastered that particular skill. Your life stress is momentarily dissipated because when you're out making some gains, all you're doing is thinking about your pace and your mileage and your clothes and all that and your music, right? We've mentioned in previous episodes, especially <laughs> during our 2017 Dopey Challenge recap, how drive can be a bit of a double-edged sword. And this specific situation, the whole drive being a double-edged sword, man, that's somewhere where I find myself sporadically. It used to be frequently, but I'll tell you right now, I don't play too well with others, <laughs> especially when it comes to running. That's my time to get out and run and get the job done. And when I'm with someone else, I need to adjust my running style to match theirs. And I begin to think about how they're mentally doing based off their form and the signs they're giving off on their faces. And basically, I think that's the personal trainer in me, but I begin to get in my own head about them especially when it's someone, you know, like my wife, that matters to me, that means everything to me. Because you want your partner to be good no matter what. And if it's my clients, you know, they're paying me. They're entrusting me with their physical well-being. So I want to make sure they're okay, you know. But as I think about that, when I'm running with my wife, I see she's doing everything we've just discussed. She isn't thinking about work or responsibilities or whatever. She's dialed in and focused on monitoring her water, her carbs, her pace, and listening to and thinking about how she's feeling. However, because I have a tendency, or I used to be, right, I'm trying to get better, because I used to be such a negative Nelly, and I'm accustomed to letting my own aggression out while running. Whenever I run with someone else, I'm getting into my own head and getting myself stressed out, albeit about what... I'm actually doing as opposed to some other life stuff. So while running solo for me is the time I crave, running with someone else, even if it's, you know, my favorite person in the world, it's a pretty significant source of stress. However, however, I know it's all self-induced. It isn't hard to see that we're both just running together and I'm getting in my own head as I am want to do. It's something I'm very cognizant of. And I know I've got to work on it. But even being aware and acknowledging something that needs to change and being open to adapting in whatever way is necessary isn't enough. It's like I feel that gut reaction where 
something isn't exactly how I want or expect or whatever. And I'm still working on what happens in that moment. Sorry, you just heard my water bottle pop. I just heard it. But uh, I typically, I feel that surge of energy because I'm upset, you know? And that's a gut level reaction. And it's one I know is dumb. There's no reason to get mad or upset or anything like that. But I still do sometimes. And it completely throws off my frame of mind. Just the other weekend in preparation for the upcoming strip and night marathon in Las Vegas next month. We went out to tackle a 10 mile run. Easy peasy, right? We've been there a hundred times before. And we're planning to run this race, uh, the strip and night race using intervals of five minutes on, one minute off. And since her ankle was bugging her a little bit when we went out for the 10-mile run, I suggested, you know, let's kick it down to three minutes on, one minute off. Since we know we can keep our pace, right? This is just kind of more about logging the mileage. So we're running, and it's Texas, and it's bright, and it's sunny, and it's crazy humid. So at around the six-mile mark or so, she wants to take a three-minute break and then resume the running segments. No big deal, especially when you're trying to protect your ankle. But in my crazy aggressive head, I completely lost focus. We resumed running, but I was just out of my running frame of mind. And no matter what I did, I could not get dialed back in. This is the perfect example of getting in your own head and creating your own stress when there's no rhyme or reason for it. And we were able to finish the run no problem, uh, But I was so mentally out of it during the actual run, I felt like it took forever in a year. And again, there was no rhyme or reason for me to be such a negative Nelly and feel all pissy and grumpy. It was all in my head. The cause of me being a grumpy Gus was none other than my own attitude, and that's a shame. You know, I'm not the kind of person who wants to look for someone to blame. In my experience, If your attitude is the problem, that's your problem, and it's 100% selfish to make it someone else's. So, you know, when I realized I was kind of losing focus, I just kept my mouth shut so I wouldn't throw her off. And then down the road when we were heading home, I mentioned how I lost my focus, but it was all in my head and whatnot. I realized this was happening, and again, this was probably three or four weeks ago, Uh, and I tried to change my own mind, but it's a slow process. At least, I'm aware of it. But I hadn't really figured out a way to either head off that gut reaction or learn to live with it like a civilized adult other than burying it down and putting the lid on it, which I think we all know is not a good way to live. So over the past few weeks, uh, I've been lucky. I haven't kind of gone back to that mental place. But I don't want to actually, you know what? I don't want to say it was luck because these, these are mental efforts that I've made to get to this point. So. Over the past few weeks, when I found myself drifting either consciously or subconsciously to a place that was unhealthy or a source of stress or otherwise would adversely impact my journey on the road to Gainesville, I used a couple different techniques. First off, I'm big on mental association or replacement. So if I see the thought process starting to shift, I begin thinking of a handful of other things. Maybe it's what I'm going to meal prep that's healthy for a week. Recipes I could look up. Where we're going to go have lunch or dinner, you know, the next time we go out. The next race I have on the calendar. The next vacation we have planned. What we're going to do that coming weekend or even that day. uh, The next game I'm going to stream. The next show we're going to watch. Whatever. I have a handful of things I like to think about. And typically, 
immediately forcing myself to think of something more pleasant allows me to stay dialed in and reduce some of the stress I'm forcing upon myself. If for some reason that doesn't work, I go back to basics. We're talking controlling the breathing, focusing on my form, thinking about how much mileage is left, thinking about how much water I'm going to take, all of that kind of stuff. If you're worried about veering off track because you're stressing yourself out mentally, sometimes you just got to go back to basics. That way, I'm thinking about something directly related to what I'm doing. And even if there's a variation in the plan or whatever, this enables me to focus directly on the actual run that I'm, you know, currently undertaking. One of the best lessons I've ever learned is sometimes when you're getting too in your own head, you've got to go back to the beginning and have that quote-unquote beginner's mentality. When you're just starting out or picking up something new, you're learning you're struggling, you're asking questions, you're thinking about what you're doing because you're engaging your mind. You aren't stressing about random, unrelated stuff unless you're allowing yourself to. Learning requires focus and requires us to be uncomfortable on occasion. But that's necessary to clear our head if you think about it. In my opinion, it's just good life practice to always be trying something new, to always be learning. Because we get stuck in these routines of waking up, getting ready, going to work, coming home, and if you're lucky, going and working out. While these routines are nice because they allow us to get comfortable, we don't want to get complacent. And we certainly don't want to fall victim to mental stagnation. When you get in a mental routine, I'd reckon that's when we can fall victim to getting into our own heads and going too far down a path which isn't doing our mentality any favors. There's no variation. We know what to expect if you think about it, right? We're in a mental routine. But if your mind is occupied and essentially being vulnerable because you're learning something new, then you're going to clear your head and reduce stress. If you're worried about getting into your own head while you're running, think about what you're doing. Even though you're a human being and you certainly know how to run one foot in front of the other, you're still developing the skill set to be prepared for a marathon or a run of any extended distance. So think about what you're doing. Learn about yourself, how strong you are both mentally and physically, and see what works for you and what doesn't. Like we discussed, I've gotten to the point where when I go out for a specific run where I'm not overly concerned with pace or whatever, I'm pretty much operating on muscle memory. And I use this time to think about my creative endeavors, and that's very relaxing to me. However, when you're not at that point, it's possible you may get into your own head and use that time to think about running like you're learning a new language or picking up a new instrument. Just because you inherently know how to physically run doesn't mean you know the ins and outs of distance running, because that doesn't come natural to anyone I've ever met. Running does, but distance running doesn't. Treat running like you would any new hobby and devote just a fraction of your brain power to it. Today's episode is all about reducing stress. We've all got all kinds of stressors in our lives and running shouldn't be one of them. I found nearly all of my stressors are self-induced and just because I have that knowledge doesn't mean I'm Harry Potter and I can wave a magic wand and have them all go away but it gives me something to be cognizant of and work on. 
helping to identify your stressors and adjust your day as necessary is a great step towards getting your mind right, just like adding in a workout to your daily routine. If you find yourself getting in your own head when you're out pounding the pavement, treat it with the respect you would any new hobby, and it'll help you clear your head. Get in some physical work, and most importantly, progress on your journey on the road to Gainesville. I appreciate you spending some time with me today, and I hope you're seeing what I see, that truly anyone can run. We drop a new episode of the Anyone Can Run podcast almost every Muscle Monday, in case you're in need of that Monday motivation. If you've ever got questions or ideas for a topic you'd like covered in a future episode, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at AnyoneCanRunPod. Or you can swing by the Mix Gym. Watch the greatest show on Mixer, located at Mixer.com slash TrueBros, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 6 p.m. Central Time. If, you know, you want to talk in real time or show a little support, so be sure to follow and turn on notifications. Now, if you enjoy Anyone Can Run, I'm going to ask you for a quick, quick favor, man. Notify a fellow runner or someone who wants to kick off their journey on the road to Gainesville so we can all help one another reach our goal of living a healthy and fit lifestyle. And if you enjoy, I'm asking one more little quick favor, man. Real quick. It's not going to take you any time, but it helps when you leave a quick rating and review in your podcast app of choice to help us reach our goal of dominating the charts. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Anyone Can Run podcast. And if you did, don't forget to pound that subscribe button. If you didn't enjoy it well, you get what you pay for. And regardless, I look forward to seeing you on the road again. Bye.